0: And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode two sixty-one, aka year six, week eleven, uh coming at you. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And returning Ken guest, Ken Schoolin. <laughs> Ken Schoolin. Welcome back. Is is this because you're like cooped up inside and got nothing to do and nobody you're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just do the show. Is that is that what's going on?
1: No, this no? is fun. Okay, I, good. Like I I get the 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 real perspective on on life, the universe and everything here. <laughs> and and we
0: love having you. Uh and even though Ken's here, we still do it as a call-in even though you guys never call. So fuck it. 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. <clears throat> That was not a corona cough. It was like fucking pita chip still stuck in my throat. Uh oh, no. so what what <laughs> I, I tried I tried to power through it. So what is going on with Those you guys are the this first week?
1: symptoms.
2: <laughs> so there's there's another reason why Ken might want to be here and that's because um he's he's in quarantine along with all the students so he doesn't have any interaction with them anymore. Direct oh. you know conversation it's it's kind of a, a very uh uh closed off environment which uh you know you could talk about it if he wants but <laughs> i'm, I'm sure ken loves the feedback that he gets classes. from us over here
0: who uh, i was just saying i'm what? sure you love the feedback you get over here because we will push back on you Ken, if necessary whereas you probably don't get that in a you know boring uh, do what the professor says college environment
1: yeah they've I I hate online teaching. Uh, I much prefer in the classroom where you get to see the faces and the expressions and you get the talking and the feedback and you can ask questions of them and they actually, um, you know, people get in. But uh, online you're looking at a screen. Um, maybe not even, you know, most of the students uh, don't turn on their, their uh, camera or their sound even. And you're you're just talking to a screen, and it, I mean, you can. There are a lot of techniques you can use to try and encourage them to come out. But the technology is still very rough. I'm sure there are people who are experts at it, but you know, jumping into it as quickly as I have, I'm not uh, polished, and my computers seem to all needs, uh, need uh, work at it. At any rate, uh, online teaching is almost a waste of time. It seems to me.
0: Absolutely. I don't necessarily uh, disagree with that. I mean, it, it's different for everybody, right? If you're not tech savvy, then, you know, hosting the class online might look a little bit difficult. Um, but, you know, the the age of college students at this point and the, not necessarily the age, but the, the amount of time that they've been around technology makes it entirely more convenient for them to do it this way uh, than the old fashioned way. So maybe it's just like the wave of the future where you don't have to congregate in a class and you know just do it online. Yeah,
2: and and so for a little bit of information for people that don't know uh Ken's class is is all about the lectures. Uh very minimal book use at all. So uh it for for his teaching model, it you know the online is just not working. And you know, on, I think online learning is probably the way to go for for most uh, uh, people seeking information. Um, except for, uh, you know, if if you're trying to get uh, information from from a lecture, uh, now it's just uh, it's it's not ideal.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that uh, online is very suited to a textbook and prepared you know professional materials and the professor is not a professor he's a he's a facilitator of canned material and i i much prefer the concept of a professor as being a uh, an intellect that is uh, unique and has different uh, ideas on the world and isn't just regurgitating uh what is the of uh, the standard textbook but uh, you know so i didn't that's I, I'm sure that uh, there are other professors who might disagree with me about it, but it's what I think that uh, works really well is to have stuff that's all prepared in the professional environment, and easy to deliver, but it doesn't have meaning.
0: So you think it's more meaningful to hold the classes in person where you can interact with people more regularly?
1: Absolutely, okay. yeah, right.
0: But that's still, I mean, again... I don't care either way. I I did all my college and all the, all my schooling in person behind the desk. I, I took zero online courses, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because they were like just starting to become a thing, uh, when I was in college. And so there was no need for it. I lived, you know, I lived five minutes away from campus via bicycle. Um, and so I was there, but at the same time, you know, we have, uh, I know people who are getting like their doctorates via online education only right? You know, with, with one, maybe one two week visit to campus over the course of the whole doctorate level program. So there, there's, you know, there's something to be said about the, the feasibility of online learning going forward, um, for those that want it, uh, and for those like you can, who want to teach in the, in the private environment or in the, in the classroom environment with willing students who want to be there and want that type of interaction, uh, and, and discussion, right? That should also be available to them.
1: Yeah, I think I, I'm not to, uh, trying to say that that all of those other techniques are useless. I think you know, learning is something that is so unique to each individual, and uh, you know the style of learning, the style of of experience, and it all can be so different for each person. But th- that's just not my style. Yeah. And uh, I I don't know. It it's partly that you know <laughs> when you reach old age and. Uh, you like to think of uh, of having uh, developed a lot of skills and talents and knowledge uh, in a certain style, and you get used to that. Um, I'm not saying that younger people who are more adept at the technological world can't uh, benefit enormously by that. It's just that it's not my style. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, and some of them probably benefit from your style right there's there, there there's probably students out there who learn better in a classroom setting, learn better with the you know discussions and interactions, get the hands on experience right that are now missing out because they're not even allowed to to educate themselves in that manner right if you, if you wanted to yeah. even if you wanted to pay for classroom setting, uh you were now prevented from doing so
1: that's right i yeah that's that's a sad thing that there is no classroom face to face uh Right now, because of this uh, uh disease panic uh but hopefully i'm I'm hopeful that that uh it'll all be past us by fall and that we'll be back in in style that uh we won't go back uh to this um but uh you know i who knows i mean at a crystal ball, you might be able to say as there are yeah. some people who are saying, well, the whole world has changed now it's going to be adapting to this new." Six foot distance from every person, and uh, you know. But I don't. I don't think it's going on that long that people will lose the familiar human touch. Okay.
0: I don't mean to put you on the spot, Ken, but do you have do you have any uh, credible, viable, sourceable evidence to support the claim that you think this is going to be over by fall? Only because the more I read about it, the more I hear about it, the more I interact with people. Uh, the more pessimistic I become that uh, normalcy is in the uh, near future.
1: No, I don't have any evidence. In fact, you, this is an interesting phenomena, as the and you know it as well as uh, anyone here, Rich, because um, um, everybody's talking about all the possible theories of what could be happening, and there's some data that comes out that, Tosses into mix and 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 it makes you believe that uh, Armageddon is on the way. And another piece of evidence suggests, oh well, if it's all going to be finished within two weeks. Uh, you know, you you go with little bits and pieces of evidence to to support the rumor, but it is really right. That's now, the problem, stage of right? Rumor. There's
0: there, it's all rumor, and it's just you know, what do you be, what do you believe and Why? Um, and whereas you know, personally, I believe that. We should have freedom to do whatever the fuck we want, right? And if and if you don't feel comfortable with that, well, then you do whatever the fuck you want over there, six feet away from us who are doing whatever the fuck we want where we happen to be standing, uh, and that'd be fine, right? Like I don't I don't understand even within libertarian communities uh, why the why freedom is not still the answer, right? Why, why yeah. under this pandemic uh, crisis situation, why, yeah, of course, businesses need to be shut down. And of course, people need to be quarantined at home, right? Why, why not, why not just let freedom of association stand. And if you don't want to associate with certain people d- don't, and if you don't want to shop at certain places, you know, be, because of the, their procedures, don't, you know, take your business elsewhere, let the market decide. Uh, I went to, uh. Oh man, did we talk about this last week? I went to Trader Joe's. Did do you do you guys remember me telling this story at all? Can't remember if it was just if it was on air or not.
1: No I don't recall. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I got I got, you know, I got the, the list, the shopping list to head over to Trader Joe's um last sometime last week. I don't remember exactly what day it was, uh anymore. But I got, you know, the, the you know, the M1, M one and M wanted some stuff. So out I went because she's self quarantining way more than I am. Um, I don't know when the last time she saw the sun. Uh, but you know, so she goes like, I need, I need things from the supermarket. All right. I'm, I'm stop off on my way home from work or whatever. I'll go out and get it. Um, so I get to trader Joe's and this particular trader Joe's there's like, there's, there's an employee who is either very exuberant about his job or mentally handicapped. And I don't want to call him out on either one. Um, but he's, you know, he's like the cart getter. So usually, like you're walking up to Trader Joe's, and he just like calls out from a distance, "Hey, you need a cart?" And then he just pushes it across the parking lot, and then you catch it, right? Like he's a fun guy. Uh, so I'm walking to Trader Joe's, and he's pushing the cart, and like clap, like, "Hey, over here, I need a cart." He goes, "No, I can't do it. I got a good, good sanitizer. It's clean." So I tried to follow him into the store to grab, you know, where the sanitizer cleaning cart was, and like, "No, you can't come in." there's a line there's, queue. <laughs> there's a queue outside obviously i'm missing all the fucking protocols here uh, but it's a private establishment right so I, I i fall in line and i follow the protocols because i i have a list i need to i need to come home with the list uh so they're only letting you know they're, they're sanitizing all the carts right outside the door oh now i'm getting an echo where did that come from sorry okay Uh, they're sanitizing all the carts outside the door. So I, you know, I wait my turn. I grab the cart. It's all wiped down. I go ahead. I do my shopping. And then I go to checkout and there's like, there's a, a, a line on the floor, like a blue wax. Like you may not cross this line. Um, I'm like, all right, well, I got the cart over here. Like, what are you going to do? You're like, well, you know, you want me to like throw the cart at you? So it's basically like you put, you leave the cart there, you take six steps back. And then the lady comes and grabs the cart and then runs it through processes everything and then when she's done scanning everything in she takes six steps back i think the first time i told the story i was like 20 feet away you got to be 20 feet away at all times you know but she takes like six steps back and then you walk up to the machine and you swipe your credit card and then because i think they were new to this too there was like a brief moment where she almost came close to me right and i was like <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was ooh because the receipt started to print out and she instinctively went to grab it and hand it to me And then she remembered, oh, I'm standing there. She can't approach. Right. So she stepped six feet back again. And she's like, Do you want your receipt? I'm like, If it's all the same to you, I'll just grab it off the machine and be on my way. You know, (laughs) like we don't need to do this six, you take, I take six steps back and you take, rip the receipt and put it on the counter and then take six steps back and then I step up and grab it. Right. We we don't need to be doing this nonsense. Uh, So I grabbed the receipt and I left. Right. And I was like, Wow. What a fucking procedure that was just to get like five things of groceries. Right. And so what's processing through my mind at the time was Trader Joe's is a store that is taking this, uh, you know, virus thing really seriously and doing what they believe is in the best interest of their customers to protect the safety of the supermarket. Right. I go, fine. I don't know if I want to go back to Trader Joe's anytime soon, right? That is not the shopping experience that I find enjoyable or that I want to be a part of. I get it that it's the normal thing to do right now. Uh, I just don't want to be a part of it. Now, for my uh, facility, because I I work at a self-storage facility uh, as my primary place of employment, uh, my goal, and I've told my bosses this, is to not make things any different for customers, right? Customers should feel like everything is as normal in my facility, right? The chaos happens around me and I am insulated from the chaos. What does that mean? If a customer wants to walk through the door, step up to my counter, hand me cash, I will take the cash, process the receipt and hand them the receipt, Right. If they want to rent a unit and then shake my hand, I will shake their hand because that's what we do. Now there are customers that don't want to come in, right? So outside the door, there's the you know the cash drop box for those folks. Inside the door, there's a desk. There's a a few customers that have walked in said I'm just going to leave this payment way over here, and then they drop the payment and they leave, and I have to get up and go walk over and grab it and take it in. Right. So I am providing the most level of personal freedom uh for all my customers individually right you can do what you want you you're a big boy you're you put on your big boy pants you take whatever precautions you need if you come in wearing a mask i'm not going to say shit about the mask if you want to wear gloves by all means do so right you do you and others will do others but i don't want to i don't want to lock down or put any weird procedures in place uh because i think it's silly number one And because customers can choose what they want to do, right? It's not like I'm forcing anyone to come up, you know, and, and violate the protocols that they feel comfortable with. All options are on the table. So I'm just, I'm just, uh, contrasting that to Trader Joe's who had it like, obviously Trader Joe's has more traffic than me. Obviously they deal in groceries and foods products. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a perfect comparison, but I would prefer the shopping experience that gave me the choice to walk through the door, grab what I want, hit the register and walk out. You know, without without a whole bunch of hoopla and tubes to jump through and new protocols and procedures in place, that's just me. Uh, but it's amazing how many people are calling for like that to be the new norm by force, by mandate, you know, by by rule of law, if you will. And that's the the most frustrating thing going on right now. MC, Kenny. The, the the future of shopping was almost, and this this was happening
2: already before the coronavirus, was, was almost where you where you go through, you put stuff. As you put it in your cart, you scan it on your phone, and then it just pays for it when you walk out the door, and you don't have to even go to the register. So you can maybe sort of do that uh, at comes... Sam's Club. Right, right.
0: Sam's Club so, has a well, Scan and Go
2: app. But you still, I think they, you still need a paper receipt or something to show them at the door that you paid for it. I don't really know how it works, but...
0: I don't know. Well, I think you need to show them some sort of proof of purchase. I don't know if you get a, I haven't used sure. it yet because I've only been I've, I, I have the app, but I've only been to Sam's Club once and we didn't do that. Um, right. But I'm but again, you pay for it through the app, I believe, Right. I, correct me if I'm wrong. So it just says like, you know, here's the here's the list of stuff that I bought. Here's what I've already paid and then, you know, it's not like they <laughs> bag anything up for you anyway. You just carry it to your car. So, did you see the news about uh, in, in Vermont? They uh they
2: they told the stores that they can only sell things that are essential, and so things like seeds uh you know <laughs> to, to plant yeah corn, uh were were not essential
0: <laughs> vegetable like, seeds know. not essential right the- how,
2: how would you how would you as a as, as a government how do, how do you determine what is essential or what isn't or if you 're a store how do you determine it like is it is it's so arbitrary like i I saw a meme the other day that I really liked. And it said, uh, "Well, what jobs are essential? Well, any job that puts food on the table is essential
0: for that person <laughs> in their individual life. It's absolutely right. essential.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And so I think you know, yeah. I don't want to get into the negative territory right now, but uh, I'll get into it. Let's fucking get it out. No, I I just think we're heading off a cliff. And uh, when you know, when when people do start getting hungry, of course, everybody's been trying to." buy and hoard food um but you know that's not going to last forever and uh it's it's definitely not a satisfying way way to live either um you know people like being able to enter the market to get what they want and but if they don't have any money or a way to get it or uh if they don't have a a job to go to um it can yeah i think it's i think it's going to turn out, well, definitely much worse than the 2008 crash. Uh, I saw some information about uh, uh, h- housing in Hawaii. It hasn't been affected yet, but I don't, I don't know how they can say that. Um, I think, you know, prices for housing are going to get cut in half, at least. And, uh, yeah, it's that's not even the worst of it, you know? <laughs> so
0: right and and you know as far as the housing thing is concerned i'm kind of this is one of those like backdoor things where i'm going well hopefully maybe could be i'm in the market if prices come down i could get something pretty good <laughs> for pretty cheap right 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 i don't want you know i don't want to win like this but a fucking win is a win you know
2: oh yeah definitely um you know if you if you got cash uh that's gonna be ready to go um on, on the other hand, um, you know, d- depending how volatile everything gets, you know, bi- Bitcoin could still crash too. So, um, you know, I-, I hope it ends
0: uh, sooner than later. I'm more confident about Bitcoin rebounding than I am about cash rebounding. Yeah, like I, Bitcoin I, I might be say, volatile now, and you know. Oh
2: yeah, definitely now. But this, what I'm saying now, this now might be might last three or four months or longer and so during the the you know the 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 crisis um uh there's there's bound to be people that that have a lot of bitcoin and they get really scared and so they need to get out of bitcoin into other things that uh they they think are more valuable during a crisis and so uh, you know the value of bitcoin could drop temporarily uh you know quite drastically and I'm not I'm not predicting that. Uh, I hope I hope you know the crisis ends sooner than
0: later, but um,
2: I I don't think so. I I think it's going to
0: go on for more than six months. Ken, you said hopefully by fall. Matt's predicting
1: at least six months. Well, I'm just hoping by fall because I don't want to teach online classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, and and I, and I'm not talking just about the coronavirus. I'm talking
2: about the economy in general. I don't think it's going to go. I don't think the economy is going to rebound. Uh, that 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 is as well as they they think it's going to. I think the that the economic crisis is definitely bigger than the 2008 crisis. And uh, well, so, look you at you know look at
1: the incentives that they have put in place. They've been. I mean, if they weren't intervening with all these bailouts and rescues, there'd be a strong incentive on everyone's part to get back into normal shape as quickly as possible but now i don't think there you know that's going to be the case because people will say well gee i can stay home and i can still get the same pay i don't have to pay on my mortgage the government's told me told the bank that they have to put off one my my payments i mean they know the bill becomes due though right like is is anyone out there
0: really thinking that they're not going to have to pay
2: well temporarily (laughs) well Well, temporarily
0: but the fucking bill becomes due you have to pay eventually uh
1: but it's going to be somebody else who will pay <clears throat> that that's the assumption in people's minds that it's not me who's going to who's going to pay for this i'm going to take mine now i mean that's the same thing whether you're <clears throat> a hotshot uh corporate executive or the guy on the bottom line these uh, uh they're assuming that these government programs are to rescue them at somebody else's expense okay if that's and the then, case. And the, the someone else's expense is so invisible, so distant down the line that they figure, well, you know, it, it's not gonna be me. If that's the case, isn't the proper
0: incentive then uh to get as much of what you can now so that you have some for later, right? Like if, if they're handing out all this bailout money, should you not be grasping at as many dollars as you can, if for nothing more than to, you know, to buy things that hold their value better so when the collapse comes, you have something That's kind of why,
2: that's why I'm kind of saying, you know, stocks and gold and uh, Bitcoin still have a long, a long way down possibly.
0: Go on. That's pretty much it.
2: Uh, you know,
0: (laughs) the, uh, because you think people are going to be selling out of those to get into the dollar? Of course. Yeah. Okay.
2: Because because there's well there's a lot less economic activity going on and and people are still afraid so they're uh, there really it's going to be people trying to get the, you know the things that are, that are really valuable and um for for example I don't
0: know I'm well what what is that. okay so let's throw that question out. what is really valuable then if if not well, if not Gold, silver, Bitcoin, whatever. What would you, what would you move your money into, as you know the potential dollar collapses, or as the dollar potentially collapses?
2: Well, a dollar collapse would be in inflation. A dollar strengthening is deflation. So I still think we're have yet to find the, the bottom of the market and the absolute value of the dollar. So yeah, I think um, we're we're still potentially have to find out what the bottom is and uh and that, and that won't happen until until all, all the you know non essential people are forced to stay home and uh maybe maybe they'll get bailed out by the government you know unemployment insurance or, or uh or just the, the cash payout no what 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 the end result's going to be but you know, eventually, yeah, we'll have hyperinflation. But you know, short term, it's going to be. I think there's a lot more pain to be seen.
1: Okay. So, let from me, the let... government's perspective, uh, <clears throat> the well-being of the economy is just the money, not what you produce True. in the economy. So, you know, they've if if they've incapacitated the productive sector, um, and just handed everybody more money, oh, to to, to cover your bills. Well, I think it. It has to lead to inflation because it will. there'd it be will. less and less produced.
0: I'm glad fi- someone finally said it. Thank you, Ken. That was that was going to be my next question, since you know, since you, since you're the economics professor, right? You have all of these people <laughs> staying at home, right? You have the factories shut down, everything shut down, stores shut down, restaurants shut down. You know, all all these non-essential people staying at home. That's that's less production in the economy. Right? Then they pump in four, two, six, eight trillion dollars of, you know, money into thin air, chasing fewer goods. Doesn't that mean prices go up?
1: And yes, that's the I'm sorry. Uh that's the quality Uh-oh. theory of money which is so uh pervasive throughout the history of um of uh money inflation and debasement of currencies that's what they they've always done throughout history what puzzled me was the last one in the great recession when they printed up uh 3 trillion dollars uh, additional money and um and we had so little inflation well in the- if you
2: if you look at where the inflation went it went into the stock market and it went into well bitcoin but that's not really <laughs> Uh, True fair. Uh, it did go into gold. Um it did go into you know other things. So housing um, prices, uh ha- well, housing. Yeah, anything yeah. anything that the that the money could go into, it went into. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, education um,
2: yeah. for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. So there there's like there's two things at work here uh when it comes to like the actual economics of it. So it's it's hard to figure out where the final the final you know stone will land. Right, but you have you have the forced closing of of production, so there's less supply of goods overall, right, at the macro level. Because who wants to figure out that shit on the micro level? Uh, but with everyone out of work, right, doesn't demand go down as well? So shouldn't prices start to fall uh, on the goods that are being you know that are still in production as demand lessens for those goods?
1: Yeah, but and of course. Uh, if the demand is falling because and there's less being produced, um, you have less wealth. Less, you know, you you have a declining uh, economy. I mean, you know, in other words, your your amount of wealth per person is certainly less. Sure, you're enjoying a lot less, and, but and that's just on the personal level, right? I mean, that's
0: that's yeah. everyone going like, okay, we're now you know second world, not quite third world, maybe, country as far as you know wealth is concerned, because everyone's standard of living is an impact is impacted, right? You have less disposable income to go around regardless of what they're doing with the money supply, right? You know, the, 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 uh, the market will find a way to figure out what the price should be. Uh, and if all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of money floating around for, you know, the same amount of goods or less goods in, in most areas, right? The price will reflect that. Uh, and there's already people coming out with the $1,200 going like, Wow, twelve hundred dollars. I guess if you live in Arkansas, that's great. But if you live in San Francisco, what are you gonna buy with that? Like a loaf of bread, you know. So e- even in two well,
2: different you buy a train, train ticket out of town and go to Arkansas.
0: <laughs> you would think.
1: yeah, no. no ab- but go ahead, Ken. The absolute certainty of any inflation, and this is a big one, is a redistribution of wealth, and it almost always goes from I'd say. Uh, lower-income people to higher-income people, but especially to the government. Because it's people who will lose will people who are on a a fixed income or have savings or pension or have loaned their money to somebody else to be paid back at a future time, which is what savings are. And people who count on a money-based economy are going to be losing because that money is going to lose its purchasing power. But the people who will gain, I mean, that, that wealth doesn't disappear. It just transfers to those who... Are holding um, uh, a quantity of fixed value that you that that everyone wants to hold during times of inflation: gold, land, real estate, um, uh, stuff that only debt. wealthy people can afford right now. That that's right, because they don't need the cash to buy the food, clothing, and shelter. They have extra money to put aside in things. But note the biggest holder of debt, of gold, of land, and uh, foreign currencies. That's the government. And they get print the money and spend it first before the prices go up. It's a tremendous wealth. I mean, this is this is what's bizarre. The Democrats and Republicans all say they're out there helping the little man. That's for popularity, you know, uh, in the public opinion polls. But the actual effect of it is going to be a tremendous transfer of wealth from the lowest income people who are going to lose their jobs and lose their purchasing power and to people who have... Um, these assets but the biggest winner is the government in every country of the world they're going to be the and and they're already talking about how they're going to use this to ex- exercise even more power over everybody. I mean so I I see this like every war they they say this fighting the the various is is a war yeah and governments always grow enormously during war and they never go back to the level they were before their level of spending and control always doubles um, after the war from what it was before the war so
0: here's a here's a puzzling question then because this is this is where there's uh now a new schism uh in the in the liberty community at least here right how do you effectively protest against this nonsense while remaining safe if you were concerned about the actual health threat explain please um
1: well, if
2: you're if you're concerned about the actual health threat, uh, the best thing you can do is is isolate yourself. I don't believe the six feet uh, separation is going to do jack. <laughs> it's it's a uh, you know we we had we talked to a guy two days ago uh, that he's an expert in the the predicting the the the, the models for the trends for the coronavirus. Okay and he was explaining how the the virus can basically float around in the air for hours. Uh, okay. So uh a lot of this you know recommendations for how people should uh interact in public places uh is it's a, what do call, it's it's nonsense. It's faith-based like okay. I mean they they have to People have to take advice from somebody what to do right and so do they because you can just
0: do whatever the fuck you want right no i mean that's
2: true but they're 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 trying to improve their their odds um sure but um i don't but no but they don't really understand how how it works or how it transmits or you know how viral it really is so okay so let let me give you two
0: examples go ahead finish
2: no it's it's fine i was gonna okay. make a comparison to the flu um I, I think eventually everybody's gonna get this of course if you isolate yourself uh 100 of the time you won't contract the flu from anybody yeah but what fun but, is that know, it,
1: isn't, <laughs> exactly. isn't it uh, uh for example isn't exposure to to disease uh, helps you build uh, an immunity down the road. Like, for example, if it doesn't know, the, kill
2: you, yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a well, big part.
1: Western cultures, before they came into contact with the Polynesians and the Indians and so on, uh, had lots and lots of disease. And within their family strain, you know, there were people who died of the Black Plague, people who died of, of lots of things, but those who survived, uh, built greater and greater immunity so that then when they encountered a culture that hadn't been exposed to these things the culture 90 percent of the hawaiians for example were wiped out by disease and um, okay there were 10 percent that then survived and now they're okay but i mean are we talking about the same kind of phenomena uh, today that that exposure to uh these elements is a healthy thing in the long run if you keep trying to isolate yourself and using your hand sanitizers to prevent yourself from ever having exposure, do you then just put off the time that you're going yeah. to be more vulnerable later? So I, I
2: think the the truth about the coronavirus is, is that what they're trying to do is slow it down so they can increase the amount of uh, uh, available medicine and ventilators in case uh, too many people get it at the same time. Mm. Um so, so if you look at it from that that's way, the whole flattening
0: the curve phenomenon that everyone keeps yeah and, about.
2: I, and I think it's I think it's some it's I think it's valid, but i what I don't think is that anybody is not going to get this I think it's going to be around for years and years and, like the uh, flu every, if you're gonna well I think everybody is gonna be exposed to it because this it's it, from from what i I can see it's uh just as uh, easily transmittable as the flu, or maybe even more so. So I don't, I don't think anybody's going to completely escape it. But if there's medicines and ventilators to uh, uh, help people survive it after they get it, that's
0: probably the most important thing. Okay, let me go back to your initial, uh, I guess, clarification, Ken. You said explain uh, here in New Hampshire as part of the Liberty Community, right? We're on, you know, uh, government lockdown. Whatever that means, uh, there's there was a ban on you know uh, congregating more than fifty people at a place. I think it's down to like ten people in public now. Excuse me. So yeah, that's that, that's, that's
2: so that's that's my part of the problem with that: the six feet and the ten people. Right, it's completely garbage because if. if one person can spread it ten people. Okay, well then, then you see how exponential that goes. And then those ten people spread it to ten more. You know, it's just Maybe. goes on and on. It very does. Fast. Okay,
0: right. Okay. So, but here's the thing: in 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 the two communities, the the two liberty communities that I find myself most interacting with, right? One of them is still doing a, a weekly Sunday gathering. You know. Hey, we're doing it in in, the, in central square now in under a gazebo. It was chilly and there was only 4 of us who showed up last week, right? But everyone's invited, right? Come if you want. Four people chose to attend. It didn't quite violate the law so there wasn't, you know, no concerns. <laughs> oh,
2: <darn>. Unfortunately,
0: <laughs> right. Okay. And then this Tuesday uh, coming up is our regular monthly potluck for new movers to the state. Um Normally, it's it's a packed room full of people, you know, food is being served and conversations to be had. Uh, and, you know, it was questionable, like, are we going to have it this month? Well, the invitation went up, like, we're they're hosting it, it's, it's on, baby. Uh, and this is where the schism comes into play, right? Because one group of people saying, like, you shouldn't have that event, you shouldn't gather in public, it's dangerous, it's unsafe, right? But those who don't exercise their rights and liberties find them lost for eternity so how do we effectively protest against the you know the 10 plus person gathering ban or the 50 plus person gathering ban uh, by violating the order right because that's that's what we do right we, we break the law when the law is unjust right we're we are free to assemble as free people everyone is there voluntarily so we're allowed to be there um but it could be a health risk Right. Someone there could have the virus unknowingly and spread it to all of us, getting us all sick to carry it everywhere we go after that. Right. So is so, you know, my question, Ken, uh, I'll I'll pose it again uh, for you is, is there a safe and effective way to protest uh, against the the encroachment of the state with their bans and restrictions and shutdowns, uh, but mitigating the concern for the health aspect of it right if it's if it is unsafe like should we should we protest at all and is there a safe way to do so so we don't lose our ability to congregate and
1: gather in the future well actually we're in a very fortunate time that we've got uh, the technology that makes it possible for us to do a lot of broad and effective protest digitally so we don't have to actually be uh Uh, present with each other to have uh, a lot of impact well what good is a protest of gathering 50
0: people or more if you can't actually gather if you're doing it via zoom right I don't know if that counts
2: not really sure what good protests are I've never been in in a protest that has ever affected
0: anything so uh, yeah well okay I'll I will stand by what my original statement then that the only effective protest is a tax protest yada 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 um However, if the government says you can't gather more than 10 people and you want to give an FU to the government, right? Like, now, like hell you can tell us how many people can gather. Um aside from withholding your taxes, right? I don't think doing a 10-person Zoom uh really sticks it to the man. I think the
2: case is always the same as long as you got more guns than them. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the way you were to go out.
1: Ken well, yeah. I, I when I think of tyranny, I think of of the 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 gross aggressions and and violence against the individual that occurred in the twentieth century, pervasively. Um, these things, uh, telling us we can't have more than ten people gather together, um, I don't know, seem pretty tame, uh, inconsequential. Uh, but i think it's i think you're right that you need to keep pushing back or else they keep running with more and more controls so the pushback uh, can be in a lot of ways i think if you if you want to affect people um people's the broader world's thinking uh, i wouldn't diminish the the effect of ideas and the communication that we have through all the social media now and and publicity i don't think uh I mean, I, I, I think ideas can be affected by a, a protest of twenty people out in the in the mall. And then you get a a media attention for a second, and then it goes on the national news or something. Yeah, okay. But I think you can have also effect through uh, the social media, and you can do a lot of things that are effective on on people's minds. But I think that they won't feel that it's a big deal until. Uh, later down the road they they feel you know that getting arrested and going off to the gulag for
0: well for by then it's to too
1: late to the government
0: right that's why you protest yeah, you're
1: now right that's, right? Right. You that's why to, you push you back, back when they when they want that inch you to push, push,
0: push back that inch
1: mhm but i don't think i don't think you i think in order to push back effectively you want to push back on things that affect them that the, that the your broader audience the general population is going to sympathize with i don't think the idea of of um of the pushback is going to be very I, I don't think you're going to get a broad sympathy but i think you could get a broad sympathy more on on something uh that pulls the heartstrings more
0: well the, the broad sympathy sure. is what makes this whole coronavirus scenario so insidious right is True. because there's yeah. only a handful of people that see this as a small encroachment Leading towards something bigger, right? And ninety nine percent of the population goes like, "Well, the government's going doing the right thing because we, we they want to we want to be safe, we want to be safe, we want to be healthy." This thing, this thing is a killer of what ninety seven percent of the people that it gets in contact with. It's like, so we must be protected. Thank God the government is stopping you rabble rousers from going out in public, right? So this is definitely not something uh, to get public sympathy on, but at the same time the government is going to gain so much fucking ground by using this catastrophe because they have 99% of the public uh, support to encroach on so many liberties, so many rights. You know, in the, the the economic impact
1: alone is disastrous, right? That, well, there's... maybe that's the place to get the public sympathy. When the government shuts down 10 people working in a factory producing um, uh, ventilators, uh, then you say, well, look, this is where the market actually, uh, you know, actually resolves this problem for people, and you're you're uh, criminalizing uh, good behavior, you know, I mean, behavior that's that's contributing to society, and not just the production of that, but the uh, the the grocery store that uh, is trying to bring uh, food into people. In other words, if you could take the case. You're trying to find the case that builds popular support, so you can effectively push back against the government. And then find the case that uh, that has a good, s- strong countermeasure, because there are plenty of them out there where the government does things that are so stupid that are counterproductive. Uh, well, um, I, true, but the what, hand, I what's can't. the answer in this
0: case? I guess to, to, to nail you down on the specific
1: question. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. The, uh, the, do we, do we we just this lose this? Particular... This is the battleground. We just lose. Ah, the Corona could not have saw that coming. Sure, lost liberties, uh, inflated currency, but what are you going to do? Ninety nine percent of the people wanted it.
1: Well, the problem with this one is that that is is the invisible. You know, <laughs> and we are always talking about the the, the virtues of the invisible, and well, here there's the the invisible threat. Um, you don't know if you get the virus. Well, maybe you need to. Um, uh, allow everybody to do testing so they can say, "I don't have it." Look, I've I've tested. I bought this uh, testing device from uh, from from the uh, medical center, and I can test myself. and And uh, some other company produced a testing. In other words, you want to make these invisible threats visible, so that then it's no longer the boogeyman.
0: So one of one of the solutions I've saw thrown about at still gave me pause right was some sort of like uh quarantine clearance passport right you you get special government papers that says you've been through quarantine you're clear to the virus and you with your special documentation are now allowed to travel
1: can we <laughs> actually you laugh sort of it seems silly because you, you 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 might not have the virus in you but you could have it on you you know i mean you you know maybe it's in your clothing or something like that Sure. How, how do they? How do they give that kind of certification? I don't know. Well, but you, you—you sort of brought it up. You said you
0: know I've you proved that you've done some testing and that you don't have it. This, they, they're already calling for something similar. You tell me, because to me, yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. To me, again, I'm gonna say I'm gonna use the word insidious again. Uh, it's insidious because number one, anyone can be a carrier without showing symptoms. So every person you interact with is a potential threat right you don't know if they've been tested you don't know if they've been tested cleared and are a carrier you don't know if they're infected and are a carrier right you don't know if they're infected uh, and and not showing symptoms uh you don't know anything about anyone you encounter right so as far as lockdown all clear you know get tested right like you said even if you if you get tested you're clear you walk up to a doorknob, you touch the doorknob. All of a sudden, the virus is on your hand. You're not going to get infected, uh, but now you're a carrier, right? So just because you're not infected, you've or you've you know you've fought it off and beat the disease, doesn't mean you still can't pass it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, it uh, it so no uh, one I is safe in the world not, ever again. I may not be worried about myself getting the infection, but I you know people don't want to spread it on who. Their loved ones and people that they you know, are their friends, which and means so, you yeah, have to they... stay away
0: from your friends indefinitely, forever and ever. Right? It's the end of all uh, all communal organizations because you just never know.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty insidious downside. But it's always it's been there. We've I mean there have been diseases around um that could have affected people. I think there were a lot. There were. Some that were much scarier, like Ebola, was a much scarier disease than the coronavirus. Side, well, because it was evident when you had that, it, right? Like when you got it, it was very, well, it very was, clear. And it was a very horrendous, suffering-filled, painful uh, death, and the, the the chances of dying were, I guess, fairly fairly high because they didn't have any kind of remedy to it.
0: Right. But that's
1: again, that's what I'm saying. That that was that was very open. Very
0: clear. You could be like, nope, not going near that dude because they look like they're about to die. Whereas the coronavirus, you walk, you know. uh, Again, I'll use personal example. Uh, A lady came in to my facility today. She came into the office. She said, "Can I come up to the counter?" I go, "Yeah, do whatever you want." She goes, "I'm not sick. Don't worry." I'm like, "I wasn't." That's why I said, "Come up to the counter," right? But she could have easily been a carrier. She didn't look like she was dying, right? She didn't look like she was had anything specific. She didn't look like she was exhibiting symptoms. Uh, but maybe she just got it yesterday, right? Now she carried it into the office today, right? Two weeks from now, who knows what's gonna what where her life will take her? Um, but all I know is today she infected me, right? <laughs> Potentially, right? Who knows? And you won't know for you know for at least two weeks in advance. So every time you interact with a single person, you have to self-quarantine for one week, for two weeks. Uh, and then once your two weeks are clear, it's like, nope, not symptomatic, all clear, health. Then you can go interact with one other person, you know, see what happens then. It's ridiculous. And I don't Maybe think i being hyperbolic.
1: That's the this scenario. Maybe will all go the course of, of uh, normal um, popular fatigue, uh, news fatigue, uh, for example... The war was on everybody's mind in afghanistan when it first broke out and we talked about it a lot for months and then after a couple months it went on for years and nobody ever talks about it maybe the the same thing will happen that um uh the public attention span will get exhausted with the topic people will get tired of talking about it and they'll start talking about other things and uh, and then it will go ahead and run its course but really really be rather insignificant what's the possibility of that
2: well no i i think it's going to run its course no matter what and i've said that uh many times it's just a matter of how much medication and ventilators we have and 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 keeping people alive um so that that could be over in a few months or less uh what i'm more
0: personally worried about is is more economic things no humanity mc Always, always focused on the money <laughs> no. as opposed to the human aspect of the this no, disastrous crisis. <laughs> people that now, people I'm being people hyperbolic. Depend on
2: money. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, people depend on money, and uh, like Ken said, we're we're going we're going to go through a period of massive wealth redistribution, and I think most people are going to be unhappy about it.
0: They already are, right? Like, you know, oh, the, the no, gu- they,
2: they don't even know yet. It has, it hasn't even set in yet. It's okay. Uh, when, like I said, when you when you start seeing housing houses selling for half off, uh, what they were in the previous year, um, then you're going to start seeing the people, you know, the the, the pro Trump people that are going to turn anti Trump and stuff like that.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. This this whole rescue package, it's filled with these crumbs to make it look dollars for each uh, uh, taxpayer and all that that's that sounds so great um, but the really big bucks are going to really big players in the game I mean they're there you know it'll be the airline and, and the sh- shipping companies and so on will get uh, or the banks whatever will get uh, enormous um, boost from this sort of thing I, I think every crisis like this they've got to have the crumbs to keep the populace thinking that they're being protected by this. And then um, those with the biggest uh, power take the greatest advantage of these things. And they so get by with it. Are the crumbs big enough?
0: Because I, I see a lot of pushback to that $1,200 number. And a lot of it is in comparison to what other countries are doing. Right? Like, oh, <laughs> America, you only get 1200 bucks, But in, in our beautiful Canada... Right, they're paying us eighty percent of our of our regular wage just just to keep everyone paid and because because Canadians we know, you know, that it you know, it, you can't survive off just you know twelve hundred dollars. So we get we're getting a lot more, or in uh, France or Russia or whatever, like they they're paying everyone a, a larger sum, and it it keeps going, and everything is taken care of just for them. Uh, you silly Americans with your capitalist system, only giving out twelve hundred dollars, just just crumbs to the people. So I, should should more be done? Well,
2: I don't, I don't know, you know how much should be done. I just I just care about. If, if they're going to give money, they should give it to everybody equally. But uh, on another totally separate think about this uh, in perspective, uh, if we look at who recovered from the the last uh, banking crisis or economic crisis, whatever you want to call it, um, Iceland, uh, one of the things they did was arrest the bankers and, uh, you know, not pay not pay the debt. Uh, so, and they recovered, uh, the, you know, the quickest. Uh, they were the, among the first to uh, recover from economic problems. Uh, so, you know, so
1: twelve hundred dollars and all
0: debt is wiped out. Then, right? What, no, whatever no, you owe,
1: Ken. The Spanish flu was far, far worse than this will ever be. I think um, it's very insensitive
0: yet. to call it the Spanish flu if we can't call this the Chinese virus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> But then, just two years later, we had the uh, beginning of the roaring twenty the decade of the unparalleled economic prosperity in the country um so maybe that's um something to give encouragement that that despite all gloomy and dark things might be at the moment, uh, you know human beings are very resilient and pop back and and actually, I have to say one nice thing about the Government's behavior at the end of World War One, as bad as it was to do World War One, uh, as soon as uh, Wilson was out, thank goodness, um, uh, the the new administration came in and actually cut taxes, and it was Andrew Mellon, who was the Secretary of the Treasury, he engineered a a huge tax cut that was probably the biggest boost to economic uh, activity in the in the country for the Roaring Twenties. So, so okay. I, I'm saying that. Governments may do the right thing, uh, and accidentally? the population, the marketplace, yeah, accidentally. Uh, but the the general marketplace and human beings striving to improve their condition uh, can do remarkable things through the to the economy. So I'm I'm optimistic about uh, uh, the ability to get out of uh, the mess. That that that'll
0: be an interesting thing. Right, it, the, the people who are stuck at home, staying at home, safe at home. Right, I hate that. That's bullshit. Right, you're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. If I'm not allowed to leave, I'm stuck. I might be safe. I'm also fucking stuck. Right, unless I'm allowed sure. to leave and choose to stay, I'm stuck. So I hate that. You know, say now you're not. You're not stuck. You're safe. Um, what are those people doing? You know, and, and at what point do they get bored of whatever it is they're doing, right? You're out of work. You can't do anything. No one's hiring. There's job freezes everywhere, right? And much, you know, much like the, the uh, I'm going to compare this to like the, the homeschooling, unschooling thing for a minute. You know, the, the first couple of weeks uh, when a kid doesn't have to go to school, right? There's a lot of fucking TV watching, a lot of video game playing as they like test the boundaries of like how much they can actually not do uh, because they associate, you know, everything with school right? Like, no, I don't, if I'm, if I'm not in school, I'm playing video games, right? How much of that for productive people where they go like, well, I can't go to work. I'm getting my stimulus check. You know, I don't have to do anything. So I'm just, I'm just lounging on the This is a, this is a vacation, right? At what point do they get out of vacation mode and go like, holy shit, I gotta, I gotta find some way to make money. And then what will be the, uh, the entrepreneurial and enterprising endeavors that spark, uh, from the creative minds of those too bored to do nothing while sitting at home and are they setting themselves up for that boom cycle uh coming out of this ken mc i don't know <laughs> nice rant <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's a serious question you know because what so when i broke my leg right it, it dawned on me after the fact right like i sat around for for two months You know, playing video games and watching movies and just, you know, generally being unproductive, right? Uh, All the while rehabbing my physical, you know, ailment uh, so that I could strap on a brace and get back to work, right? Like I I was trying to get back to work as soon as possible. Uh, For me, the recovery was physical, right? Uh, However, after going back to work, I went, shit, I missed an opportunity, right? I could have used that time of doing, you know, fuck all uh, while sitting at home and I could have gotten my real estate license, right? I'm not a big fan of licenses, but I could have studied for that, right? I have way too many friends in real estate. Um, could have, you know, could have learned to trade, you know, while I was stuck at home, could have done a whole bunch of things, uh, chose not to, because for me, the end in sight was just get back to work, right? Like I, you know, I worked at a restaurant doing the movie company. Let me just get back to that, right? Didn't, didn't think about changing careers. Didn't think about starting a new thing at the time. Um, but for the people stuck now, right, if, if this is a long-term thing and we're looking at fall or beyond, right, you're not going to get back to whatever job you had anytime soon. Uh, you're going to have to start getting creative on how to make money and how to make ends meet and buy the basic necessities because $1,200 bucks is not going to go very far. I think everyone's agreed on that. Um so yeah, wouldn't wouldn't now be the time to expand your education, you know, your educational horizons, your your work skills so that you are valuable in whatever economy exists after the fact?
1: Well, maybe that's why a lot of my students are still taking these classes um online. You know, it's not, not ideal, but yeah, you know, I think that they're hoping that there's gonna be an afterwards and where they'll they'll have a degree that um sets them up for a better career or something.
0: Ah, but will it be worth anything?
1: Like, will those degrees
0: carry as much weight? Because right now, again, everyone's going like, "Ah, oh, look at all these people with their degrees sitting at home, and it's it's the it's the blue collar, right? The minimum wage, the least valuable members of society, keeping this whole fucking thing afloat. The delivery drivers, <laughs> the you know, the pizza, the burger flippers. You didn't want to pay them fifteen dollars, and now look, you are dependent upon them. Well, we're always dependent upon them. That's why they exist. Yeah. But now but now they're more valuable while the people you know the big bucks the white sure. collar the, the the degree holders but sitting the, the in the upper is, office
2: there's going to be a whole bunch of people that were in
0: uh, in positions
2: that that weren't really valuable that are now going to want to be delivery drivers and so the value of the delivery driver will go down uh, I mean the, the, again the, 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 the utility of the, the the delivery driver is very useful, but anybody can do it.
0: Yeah. Almost. There's ten percent of the population that can't. <laughs> I, I'm in that ten percent only because I don't have the required government paperwork to do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you, you have the IQ points, just I not do. the, yeah, the appreciate government that. points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do it in the gray market.
0: <laughs> Ken, any thoughts on that? Nope. Nope. Final thoughts to both of you then? We're fucking wrapping it up already.
2: For the apocalypse.
0: <laughs> is, pre- say that again, because you kind of cut out a little bit. Pre- pre- prepare for the apocalypse. Prepare for the oh, it's coming, Ken. No, the hey.
2: economic one. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about the coronavirus. Either you know, you're everybody's going to eventually get it. Uh, but I think most people aren't prepared for is uh, something much worse than 2008. So we'll see, Ken. Nope. No, I think
0: uh, I'm not too worried about it either. Uh, All right. I- one more edition of Corona Experience Live in the books, uh, the, the coronavirus experience uh, coming at you. Uh, that'll do it for us. You know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com. Uh, what else do I give out? Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash theanarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience uh, because, you know, producing content should be valuable now, right? What else are we going to do? So donate there. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Aloha.